Thanks for joining us through the Crossbridge Podcast. We hope this message speaks to you wherever you may be on your spiritual journey and helps you take your next step of growth in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about Crossbridge or to speak with one of our ministry team members, please visit crossbridge.church. have been through a lot of dark times. There's been a lot of things that happened to me at a younger age that I felt like I would never get away from. I found myself completely dependent on prescription drugs and alcohol, and uh, it really just went downhill from there. I was just really trying to make it through another day. Those things kind of led me into a dark place, which led me into um, drugs and alcohol. I didn't feel like I had very much purpose um, or like a sense of calling. It just took over my whole entire life. It was hard. It was, I never honestly didn't think that I'd ever get out of it. That's who I thought I was, was for the rest of my life. This is who I am. I was introduced to a fantastic woman, and she told me about Jesus. The first time that I think I really felt his presence was when I walked into this church for the first time here at Crossbridge. Um, I did not know that there was a personal relationship that was even possible. It was an over, like overwhelming sense of this is where I belong, and this is where Jesus wants me to be, and that feeling of contentment kind of just rushed over me. You know, I was so broken that I just gave up everything. I surrendered everything in my soul, in my heart, and I gave it all over. Jesus brought me here, and that was the point that I felt like, okay, this is where I'm supposed to be. I earnestly just laid down everything I was, little by little. I felt that things were changing, and my heart was changing. I know today that if I do mess up, that it's not the end of the world, that forgiveness is definitely there. I have a sense of joy today that I never had before. I feel like I can talk to him and he's not going to sit there and scold me or judge me for it. He's just going to listen. And I have a purpose and I have a calling. It's like I know, you know, what I wake up for in the morning. I still struggle with certain things, but I know that I can go to Him in prayer. Um, I know that I'm loved, and I know that there's hope, and I know that I have a good future that awaits me. Because the more I seek Him, the better my life gets, and the more happiness that He, he puts into it. It's pretty cool. Um, it's, it's a really beautiful thing. Happy Easter. I am so thankful that you've decided to join us this Easter. I remember interviewing at Crossbridge about six and a half years ago. And I remember when they told me this, this one phrase, they said, at Crossbridge, every Sunday is like Easter. And, uh, and I thought to myself, okay, so if every Sunday is like Easter, what's that really mean? I think what it means is this. On Easter, we celebrate the power of of the resurrection. We celebrate changed lives and the fact that that's possible. Even as you just watched in that video, 
um, man, we celebrate that day in and day out. And we believe every time we show up, every time we worship, that the same power that brought Jesus out of the grave is transforming lives at every single one of our campuses. And I am grateful. Hey, uh, John chapter 20, verses 1 through 9. I'm excited to share with you today. Here's what it says. Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. She said, they've taken the Lord's body out of the tomb and we don't know where they've put him. Peter and the other disciple started out for the tomb. They were both running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He stooped and looked in, saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter arrived and went inside. He also noticed the linen wrappings there. While the cloth had covered, Jesus' head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. Then the disciple who'd reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For until then, they still hadn't understood the scriptures that said, Jesus must rise from the dead. I want to pray for us. Father, I am so grateful for this story in scripture. And I am thankful to have the opportunity to share it. I pray, I pray, God, that you would help every person to recognize that this story is for them. That this power is for them. That what took place on the cross and what took place at that empty tomb was for them. Help me as I communicate. I pray that you'd open our hearts, open our ears to hear from you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Okay, so, uh, you know, no surprises, no surprises today. Um, You know, some weeks I think, what am I going to preach about? What am I going to teach about? This one is a given, right? We're going to talk about the Easter story. In fact, um, you're going to hear us sing about it. We're going to read scripture about it. I'm going to talk about it. But I recognize this. When it comes to the crucifixion and the resurrection, I mean, it's, it's a big deal. In fact, it is the centerpiece for the church. But I also know it's personal. And so I'm assuming that even there's people probably gathered at our campuses, um, probably lots of them, right, who will see this story from lots of different angles. Some instantly believe it. Some instantly discount it. And some um, say, hey, I want to further investigate that. I, I get it. And here's what I want to tell you. I have no intentions of of forcing belief upon you, but here's what I hope. I hope that when I'm done sharing with you, that really what's happened is you've encountered the story, that you see the truth of the story, and you see the possibility and the hope of the story. Let me go back to that first verse, because that's really what I want to focus on in the midst of this, this story about resurrection. And here's what it says. Early on Sunday morning... While it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. I love that line where it says, while it was still dark. You may say, what does that have to do with anything? And here's what I would say. The celebration of Easter makes so much more sense when we're coming out of the darkness of Good Friday. In fact, when Jesus was dying on a cross, my guess is many Many were trying to figure out, like, what, when he said this and this and this, and, like, what does this mean? And I have a feeling when they were watching Jesus die on a cross, that for many, hope was lost. I have, for many, that, for many, that was a dark, dark 
weekend. And yet when the tomb was approached on that dark morning, hope became real. It had to be amazing. See, here's what, here's what I gather. We all approach the tomb from the dark. Scripture is very clear that every person has sinned. And all of us are in need of a Savior and in need of the forgiveness of our sins. Friday in this story was so dark, but what we know is that light was getting ready to break in. Luke 1 says, because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. I love how Ephesians says it too. It says, for you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. You know, um, that whole idea of, there's many, right, who, who were sitting in darkness, the shadow of death, or you were once, every single one of us was once full of darkness, but we can have the light from the Lord. Um, here's what I love about Easter. It's, it, it probably is, um, I, I would say it is my favorite time in the church, even beyond Christmas. And, and part of what I love about Easter, and I would say this goes with Christmas too, I love that on Easter that many of you come to church that haven't been to church in a very long time. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, no fear. But I also know this, many of you, you're like, you're like sweating and not because it's hot. You're uncomfortable. You're um, like just the idea of church. Some of you, you're like, you kind of got drug here and, um, and you're uncomfortable. And, and the truth is, it's my favorite, it's one of my favorite Sundays because I love when people come who are uncomfortable. Now, you may say, what are you, some weird pastor sicko who just loves to watch uncomfortable people? And I would say, no, no, of course not. But I will say this, the reason I pastor, the reason, like it is the core of who I am, is I pastor for you, the uncomfortable people who come to Crossbridge, who are trying to figure out, is this story really for me? Would this Savior really save me? And the answer to that is yes, absolutely. In fact, even if, 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 if everyone would just participate with me, here's what I want you to do. All of our campuses, I want you to do. I want you just to look up. I want you to look up and look at the ceiling and recognize something. It's not falling in. It's not going to fall in. In fact, there have been people who've entered our campuses who their lives are a wreck. And I have watched God's transforming work change them. And so I want you to relax. Hear it from me, the pastor, the lead pastor. Relax. We're just thankful that you're here. And what we know about this story is everyone comes to the light from a place of darkness. But here's what I tell you too. There's nothing in your life too dark that the power of the empty tomb can't light up. You know, here's, here's listen to this. Living in the dark, this is probably the truth about the darkness. That living in the dark, it causes a lot of shame. When I think about um, even things in my own past, when you think about things in your past, they're probably not things you want to talk about. They're probably not things that you're like, man, I just want to come out with that. I, um, just a funny story. This past, I think it was last Friday, 
a week ago Friday, our campus pastor in Peru, Pastor Kevin. I love him. I love Pastor Kevin. And he is a, he's a funny guy. And uh, he sent me a message the other day. And I, I actually think, I can't remember where I was, but I remember laughing out loud when I got it. And, uh, and so he shared that story with me, and so I want to share it with you. So just, just listen. This was the actual text that he sent me. He says this, funny thing happened to me today. I had a funeral this morning. I got dressed in the dark, but noticed there were no belt loops in my pants. And he has little quotes, which I thought odd, but just decided not to wear a belt. Then once I arrived at the church, I realized my dress pants were bell-bottoms, and then in quotes, totally out of style. As I'm sitting in the church, it hits me that the fabric of my black sport coat and the pants are different materials. <laughs> Suddenly, it hit me that I was wearing my old refing pants from the 1990s. They are that athletic, stretchy material. He did tell me to make sure that, I, that you, you, he didn't want you picturing him in yoga pants. Okay, we got it, right? He says, I felt so stupid. Lesson learned. Number one, don't get dressed in the dark. And number two, if it's out of style, throw it out. And number three, never share this kind of story with your lead pastor on the week of Easter. Now, I didn't actually say that, but that's the truth. I'm sure he meant that story for me, and I just wanted to pass it along to 2,000 of my favorite friends. So, um, but that story, I thought, you know, I don't know how many of you have ever got dressed in the dark. You put on the wrong socks. You've put on the wrong color of pants. Or you walk out of the house, and you come into the light, and all of a sudden, what happens? You're embarrassed. You're embarrassed, and sometimes you, you, you get to go home and, and make it right. Other times, you just wear it, right? You wear it, and you feel embarrassed. But here's what I want you to, tell you, I want, I want you to think about. See, there's nothing There is nothing in your life that is too dark that God can't redeem when he brings it in the light. There is nothing so messed up that God's going to look at you and say, oh my word, I will not receive you until you change your pants, even if they're black, stretchy, refing pants, bell bottom from the 1990s. There's nothing, there is nothing that would cause God to turn from you, that you can come to him out of the darkness and he will receive you. See, the empty tomb says that God can bring to life things that are dead. I saw this passage this week, and it was so good, Isaiah 43, and it says this, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and the streams and the wasteland. What I love about this is it's saying, don't get stuck in the past. Don't get stuck looking at these things in your life that were in the dark, but you've got to move forward. And you've got to believe that I can, I can take this darkness and I can expose it and I can bring in the light and I can do a new thing. One of the, the truths about Scripture as I was reading this week one of the truths about Scripture that I think, man, it has to be talked about is this, that darkness cannot overcome the light. Here's how dark would be defined. If you looked up the definition of dark, it would say this, um, it's defined by the absence of light. How many of you have ever went to the store and, and bought a flash dark? You're like, a flash dark? Yeah, a flash dark. You haven't, Right? You would never go to the store and buy a flash dark. You would go to the store and you would buy a flashlight. Think about this. A flashlight, you hit the button 
and the light exposes, right? It, it reveals the darkness. But there is nothing you can hold in your hand that you hit the button and the darkness just floods out the light. It's not how it works. So I love the fact that Jesus is referred to as light. And I think what that should do is it should bring us hope. And it should bring us the reminder that darkness cannot overpower him. So even if darkness seems so present in your life, and even if you'd say, I have so far to go, like to actually where I feel like I could have a relationship with God, what I would tell you is it's probably not as far as you think it is. John chapter one, verses four and five. Listen to this because it's a really important verse. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. You know, I think every one of us, there's this opportunity before us. As we're encountered with this story, I think about Mary who walks up to this tomb and, and, and it says it's still dark. That, that we come to this tomb in the midst of our darkness and we're confronted with it. But I think every one of us has an opportunity to run into the light. John chapter 12 says, I've come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. Sounds so clear, doesn't it? There's this invitation to come. John 8 says, which I I love this verse, verse 12. Jesus spoke to the people once more and he said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. I've shared this before, um, but it's, it's probably, it's, it's a very strong memory for me as a kid. Um, I, I lived out on a farm, and we had a house, and we had multiple barns, and um, my, as I was growing up, I, I loved to play sports and uh, baseball and basketball, and, and my dad, um, he really just wanted to set me up where I could play, like where I could have friends over and I could play basketball, and so in one of the barns, the older barn, he poured a pad of concrete for me and then he hung a couple hoops and it was like, I mean, it was a kid's dream. And my friends would come out and we would play and, and it had lights and so we could play at night. Um, but but here's, here's what I would say. I, I didn't play a lot of basketball after dark. And you may say, well, you had lights and I, I did have lights, but, but here's what would happen. And you know, for whatever reason, when I was a kid, it's probably because I had a brother that was 10 years older than me that tormented me and scared me around every corner. But I was scared to death of the dark. Now, I'm not today, but I was. And, and I'd like to say that left when I was like 10, but I was still like 16, and I really didn't like walking out on the farm in the dark. And so what would happen is when it would start to get dark, I would make my way to the house, right? I'd flip out all the lights, make my way to the house. But sometimes, you know, it would get, I would be playing and, you know, time would get away from me. And then I would discover it was dark. And so I would stand in that barn and I would have my hand on the switch and I would get lined up, like, right, make a beeline in the house. And I would hit that switch and I would sprint as fast as I could to the house. And I'd practically rip the door off the hinges and I would get in and I would shut the door behind me. And then I would act all calm and cool and collected. I did that over and over and again. In fact, I remember there also, though, there were times when my dad would be out working in the barn. And he would say, hey, are you going or are you staying? Man, anytime he asked, like, I mean, I was going, right? Especially after dark, I was going. Because here's the thing, you know, it's not like my dad was doing this. It's not like he had the light switch and, and he was getting ready to sprint to the house. 
But when I, when I went with my dad, we walk, right? We would walk because I always felt like safe walking with my dad um, through the darkness. I would follow in his footsteps. You know, I, I think about this verse again. Jesus spoke to the people once more and he said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. What an invitation. What a picture that says, you know, this reminder that God can illuminate the path in front of us. That, that maybe you can resonate with that verse that says you're sitting in the darkness, but it's this picture that he says, hey, not only will I invite you, I will walk with you and I will illuminate the path. Like, I'll let you know what those next steps are in your life that we begin to move from this dark place to this light place, that we begin to move from this old life to your new life. God walks with people. In fact, I watch him do it over and over and over. You know, I was thinking about light. Um, I like light, not because, again, because I'm scared of the dark, but I I like natural light. In fact, um, in my house, we have a sunroom, and it's surrounded on three sides by windows. And I love to sit in that room and I open up all the shades. There's probably nine or ten windows. And I open up all the shades and I sit there. In fact, just the other night, I sat there and I pulled open the screen door. And I could hear the birds chirping. I could feel a little breeze. The sun was coming in. Like, I love natural light. But I will also say this, like even around the house, I just, I like the lights on. I don't like to sit in the dark. Now, flip side of this, and I I don't understand him. My son... He does not like the light. In fact, he wants to watch the TV in the dark. I walk out, he's eating his breakfast in the dark. Um, when I go wake him up in the morning, like sometimes, and, and I like to torment him, so sometimes I like to pull the, his little shades and oh, he's like, Dad, stop! Like, I want it dark. And, and for the life of me, I just can't figure it out. I don't get it. Like, who wants to sit in the dark? I want to go back to John 20, verse 1. Here's what it says. Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. You know, um, here's the good news, right? Jesus invites us into this new life even when we're coming out of the dark. You know, I, I told you when we started this that more than anything, I just, I wanted you to see this picture of the tomb. I wanted you to see this picture of darkness and light. And then I wanted to leave room for you to make your own mind up. In fact, um, when you think about being confronted with the empty tomb, my guess is this, that on this Easter, that there would be lots of people who would show up to a church who would show up online, who, who would show up and just be uncomfortable. Because spiritually speaking, you know you don't have a relationship with God. Spiritually speaking, there's, there's something inside of you that just feels like that God would never receive you as you are, that God would never welcome you in the midst of these dark things that are in your past, and there's just nothing further from the truth. When you picture the darkness that took place on Good Friday, which was actually good. 
It was the place in where God sent his son to die on behalf of us for our sins. And then you think about what happened at this tomb. The power that said, darkness does not win. Death does not win. Light wins. Life wins. That when it comes to Jesus Christ, that he's not, he wasn't just a teacher, he wasn't just some normal man, that he was 100% man and he was 100% God. And when God lifted him out of that tomb, when he brought him back to life, what, there's a piece of scripture that says this, the same power that brought Jesus from death to life, that same power can be evident in our lives as well and can take you from a place where you would think there is no way I could ever have a relationship with God. There's no way I could ever come out of this darkness. How embarrassing it would be. How embarrassing it would be to admit my sins. And here's what I tell you, that he loves you. That he loves you and he welcomes you. And he says you don't have to sit in the dark, but if you're interested in experiencing true light and true hope, hope that won't just last here, but hope that will last eternity, that all we have to do is come on out. Romans 10, 9, and 10, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. I was thinking um, I, I, how I really wanted to end this uh, message with you would be just, I, I just want to walk you right where you need to go. If you're interested, if you're open to starting a relationship with God, I want to walk you right there. In fact, if you would bow your heads and if you would close your eyes, I want to lead you in a prayer. And what I want you to do is just feel like, you can put this in your own words, but you can pray this. You, you can pray it out loud if you want. You can pray it in your heart. But if you want a relationship with God, pray this prayer with me. Father, I recognize that I'm sitting in the dark and that you are the light of the world. I believe in you and that you raised your son Jesus from the dead. And I'm putting my trust in you for the forgiveness of my sins and eternal life. I want to follow you. Lead me out of the dark into new life, new hope, and new peace. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for the Crossbridge Podcast. The mission of Crossbridge is to lead others into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And we'd love to partner with you on your spiritual journey. So please let us know how we can come alongside you and support you and pray for you by visiting crossbridge.church.